Y'all are now tuning into Abstract Thought. It's a podcast where all kinds of different creatives talk about their creative journeys, some of the things that they've gotten into over the years. Um, I'm sitting down today with none other than Dane Smith. He's a tattooer, tattoo artist. I don't know the proper terminology, but um, it don't matter. <laughs> he's a very skilled artist uh, here out of Indianapolis, and I've looked up to his stuff for a really long time. Um, he does really cool, like Japanese style tattoos that are some of my favorite. I don't have any tattoos, but no. I, if I if I did have some, I definitely uh, hired Dane to do them because I, I I love his his style, his aesthetic, and you know his approach to stuff. So today we're just gonna be checking in on some of his story and whatnot. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Dane. How you doing, man? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, doing pretty good. It's a I actually have today off. I had nice. so I was pretty excited to have a Saturday off. It's been the first time in, I don't even know, like four years. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I have a few buddies that are also tattooers or tattoo artists. And uh, what's the proper terminology for that? So there's a big, uh, there's actually a big divide on this topic. It really is kind of funny. So tattooers uh, or tattoo artists, like a lot of times people will like, have the hoity-toity, uh, like, oh, I'm a tattoo artist. And it's like, yeah, it's cool, but we all are tattooers. We're craftsmen. We're tradesmen. Like, when it comes down to tattooing, you really are doing a trade because you can actually be a super successful, awesome tattooer and actually have no ability of drawing. You're just really crazy. Good. You're just really good at applying. You're basically, like, being, like, a craftsman or whatever. And, and honestly, like, some of those tattooers are my favorites. Because like you're going, it's like kind of like folk art versus like fine art. Like if you're like, a, I don't know if you're classically trained or anything, but the difference between like a classically trained artist and like a folk artist is like, sometimes you see folk art, you're like, this is so much cooler because you're not even thinking about where a shade should go or where lighting should be or anything. You're just doing it. And sometimes it produces the best art. Hmm. So honestly, I wish I was more of a craftsman and applying stuff than I am a tattoo artist where I'm just like, is it cool looking? Hi, cool, cool. I'm like focused more on like the drawing aspect. I really love drawing. So uh, I'll take any, you can call me anything you want. I, my, my LLC name is scab miner LLC, like just mining scabs all day. So I don't really care. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. I just, I didn't know terminology wise because I know in the like bicycle cycling community they're like we're cyclists or we're oh my bicyclists God, no, right? or, oh, God. and then you've got the motorcycle dudes that are they're considered bikers too i don't know yes oh you need to say motorcycle not a uh, motorcycle yeah oh my god big thing too. They're like oh my motorcycle i'm like what they're like well you wouldn't call it a bicycle would you and i was like True. yeah I would. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i don't know <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's always funny the different ins and outs of like these kind of subculture things like in, in graffiti, for instance, there's this term called being a toy. And being a toy is like, you're just like a little kid playing with toys, like you don't know what you're doing. Uh... You, you don't have the right terminology for stuff. So it's it's funny, like, I think each subculture has their own version of a toy. I'm sure in tattooing, there's a scratcher. term for a scratcher. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what are yeah, they like, doing? They're just yeah. scratching people's skin. And yeah, they're just fucking people up. They're just scratching, you know, <laughs> they're just like, they're just taking this stuff and they're just like, they're not, there's no rhyme or reason and they're just scratching people. And it, we call them scratchers because a lot of times uh, a tattoo that is not well applied or like with the knowledge of how to apply a tattoo looks like scratchers. Mm, that's crazy. So that's where it came from. Scratchers. Huh. 
Yeah, every subculture. I think cyclists or whatever the term is for those type of folks have their own term. (laughs) I'm definitely one of those guys. I'm like a I'm like the guy that just commutes on the cycle, but I'm not cool enough to be like a cyclist. It's interesting how things get so like culturized and there's all these different rules, like especially in graffiti, like it's a subculture grounded around like not following the rules and like you know doing things against authority meanwhile there's all these authoritarian like figures in the culture who have a specific rule set you have to follow it's like didn't we get into this to not follow the rules very similar yeah i bet yeah tattooing is i mean it was made by bikers and gangsters and 'er ne'er-do-wells and delinquents and now it's like there's like different levels of like if you've been a ne'er-do-well for like 20 years of like of uh of your own volition and you've done a really good job like putting your work out there and you know doing like you know respectful stuff you can somehow become like a better part of being a ne'er-do-well and like people will look up to you for being a ne'er-do-well but it's like what is that word ne'er-do-well like 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 a like a like an evildoer like a like a criminal (laughs) like a convict like literally a person from prison like i've never heard that word before uh i got it from spongebob It was when Gary was in the and there's a little like the library and he was like, "You ne'er do well," <laughs> but it's like a it's a I don't want the exact definition. It's, it's an evil doer. So, uh, but yeah, if if you're like a if you're a delinquent and you've been a delinquent for like 20 years and you've been like you know doing your job really well, somehow you become you become validated or have like some like sort of like uh, like street certification that you're like it's cool that you're like that guy. But you were probably literally a scratcher or a toy, you know, starting out for like a couple of years. And then you just had to like, I, I don't want to say pay your dues because I kind of hate that term, but kind of figure your own way through it. You know, like tattooing is becoming a lot less gatekeepy now, which is kind of cool. And I'm a lot less gatekeepy too. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care if people are tattooing out of their house. The only thing I care about is like, if you're going to tattoo out of your house, like at least take some like bloodborne pathogen courses so you're not like contaminating your friends with like staff or MRSA and other than that man like go at it I don't care yeah, that's awesome um how did you get into tattooing is this something like did you have any family members who were who had some tattoos that you thought were cool or you know yeah. how did you kind of like seed into this interest so uh my great-grandpa uh Spike he had a uh, such a cool name <laughs> yeah yeah his name is harry his name is harry spiker but all of this stuff in his whole life I, is so crazy he was an old man so he just like labeled everything in his house spike so everything just said spike but uh so he had a military tattoo he was stationed in hawaii for a little bit he was a marine and and he had like a little hula girl like tattooed on his forearm and i i mean it was probably in hawaii which is kind of cool so it might have been from sailor jerry which is like mind-blowing but he's like the og tattoo artist yeah 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 norman collins yeah like the guy who basically invented like purple pigment who invented the modern power supply who invented like it's like crazy stuff pioneering stuff yeah 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 so he had a tattoo and i was like oh that is so cool so in uh, high school and in middle school i would draw myself like all the time but then when I turned 18, my junior year in high school, I was like, okay, this is tight. So this is, I'm 32 now. So I was 18. Is that 14 years ago? I don't know. I'm bad at math. <laughs> yeah, me too, right? So I uh, bought a Chinese tattoo kit off the internet, like off eBay. 
with my like brand new bank account that I got when I was 18. And so, cause no one could stop me cause I was 18. I could buy whatever I want on the internet. And I had it shipped to my house and I tattooed all my friends in high school and I fucked them all up. <laughs> I like ruined them. I ruined them. I was, I was doing like improper, like sterile techniques or like uh, hygiene techniques. I just like fucked their tattoos up. It was like awful. I did a bad job. I remember this is, I'll give you a real quick story. I was tattooing sure. this, my friend's rib and the needle was so barbed. And I don't know what a barbed needle was at the time, but the needle was so barbed that when I was like running a line, it like stuck in his skin and I couldn't get it out. My <laughs> I gosh. literally like hold the skin and like fucking just like pop. Oh and he was like, gosh. what was that? And I was like, nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's like, just straight up fucking his body up. Oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, That's so crazy. I did that. And uh, you live and learn. And yeah, some you people and maybe die in the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So I did that. And then uh, I ended up talking to my my college, my uh, my high school professors and well, teachers. And I was like, what should I do? I want to do tattooing. And they were like, no, you should go to art school, man. Like, that's where we become an artist is an art school. And I was already in the art program and like, really, I don't want to say good at art, but I was better at art than I did art a lot. And I, I did it cause it was fun and it made me feel good. So I was a little better at it than most people. So I went into art and went to college and did art there and painted. But while I was in college and while I was in my professor, I was also tattooing out of my apartment at Riley towers downtown on the fifth floor of the third tower if y'all anybody lived there <laughs> so I was tattooed I was tattooed in a balcony it was so sick in the city honestly I would trade that right now tattooing there anytime that is pretty but, cool yeah right it's kind of like luxurious right it's like a that's like what celebrity tattooers do now for their celebrity clients yeah. so like, we're gonna go to Hawaii and overlook the beach and then meanwhile back you know 12 years ago I'm like half drunk like <laughs> tattooing somebody for like a bowl of spaghetti <laughs> No joke, a bowl of spaghetti, like literally, like stuff like that. Dang. Yeah, it was good spaghetti though, so that was cool. That's good, that's good. Yeah. How, so how did, did you, but before you keep going, I have one question. Um, How did you just get into art in general, like early on as a kid drawing? You know, do you have family people who are creative or friends yeah, or something? Uh, it's kind of dark. <laughs> uh, I grew up as like a child of like uh, physical abuse, so... Uh, I was like in a bad situation with me and my twin brother and we just did they just gave us like coloring books and like drawings like uh, like paper and stuff to like occupy ourselves and that became like kind of a way out of like our reality because we didn't have any control of our situation being like a kid so we had done we did art to uh, basically just like kind of remove ourselves from our current situation and like create like a little form of happiness while also gaining like a little bit of control in our lives. Yeah. We didn't have any. So it was like, and then uh, at six, we got taken away with child services and like our grandparents started raising us, which is awesome. Wild. Very awesome for them. But it was like, because of that, we'd always been like into art. So I've been drawing since I could walk. Crazy. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's <laughs> thanks, so cool though. Thanks, child abuse. <laughs> child abuse <laughs> i made a career child abuse trauma will I'm, I, a little childhood trauma is probably good for you <laughs> that's terrible oh but it's, it's somewhat true, it is it's somewhat like a true up way if you yeah can i mean you have to be kind of crazy to get into art and like try to pursue that as a career anyways i mean there, there's so many more stable options out there you could be an engineer you could be you know you could work construction you could do all these things that have like a set you know, net pay at the end of the year yeah. of how much money you're going to make. 
you know, thinking that your ideas that you pull out of your head are going to be groundbreaking, especially like in the modern era where like, I've said this on a podcast before, but like Michelangelo has already existed. The Renaissance has already happened. All these masterful painters from previous generations have just taken art to a level that it's like, you know, you really think in 2022, you can paint stuff and people will even care about it at all. It's, it's kind of a crazy it. approach, but you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be messed up a little to even try that. I feel like, <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, in order for you to put the due diligence to like be successful at it, like you, I mean, people only, I, I always give this analogy. It's like, you watch like a play or watch a movie. It's like, that movie was so good. It was an hour and a half. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Or even if they hated it, who cares? Your experience of an hour and a half, literally you just watched some like 200 people's four years of their life. Yeah. And we just digested it and we just shit it out and we didn't even care most of the time. Yeah. Like, man, that movie sucked. And there was like hundreds of people in animation studios and people spinning. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Tons and tons of people. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. It's it's fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, so when people, I always try to tell people when they're like digesting any form of art, I mean, anything, I'm like, think about, the amount of time that went into that and then like just stop for two seconds and be like hmm okay like it made me feel this way so it was kind of successful it might not have been for me but you know it was you have to be kind of crazy so yeah I just I pursued art all the time it was like a self-soothing thing it made me happy so when I'm like stressed or like having a hard time I like create so that really helps so I know it's like such a like a like oh yeah cool bit art or therapy blah blah but it really isn't really helps yeah. out so no i think that's at the core of why a lot of people create stuff i mean maybe not necessarily childhood trauma but <laughs> child abuse yeah Double like broken arms will set you right man i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah i mean everyone has their own kind of source of fuel I, I guess you would say but i think that's probably what sets you apart from a lot of other people is that you do have that that drive and it's like the way i've explained it to myself is like you almost have to like, if you don't, like, you'll just go crazy. Yeah. Like if I haven't know. created something or, or, you know, gone out and painted something in a while, so like bad. I get antsy and I'm just like yeah. pissed off and just having Grouchy. a hard time. Yeah. Grouchy. Yeah. It's good to, it, it, I, I lucked out with uh, getting into tattooing and getting into art and just like pursuing that. And now I've been paid to be an art. I've been like a full-time tattooer for 12 years now. Crazy. Like tattooing. And it's like, dude, it is it is insane. Like the fact that I can even say that now is like wild. Like I remember being like, I, w- I can't wait to be able to do this. Yeah. For you know, this is before like really Instagram, this is before like Twitter and stuff. And like, if you wanted to see like tattooing, you had to get like tattoo magazines. So you didn't have any like way to expose yourself to like modern tattooing. And I just can't believe I made it out of the woods. So yeah, that's awesome. Dude. I made it out of the woods. Like I'm still working every day and trying really hard, but like, it's cool. You know where you came from. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool to see like the difference in it. Like even in the small amount of time I've been in tattooing in Indianapolis, it's it's night and day different. And I'm so stoked to see all these new artists coming. And I know a lot of old tattooers are like, fuck these new kids. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they're all like worried, like taking your jobs. I'm like, who cares? Like you're if you're good with your job and you've been tattooing long enough and you've got clients and stuff, like you're doing great. Like just keep doing that, man. Like, and if you're not, then maybe you should retire. Yeah, the old guard always has kind of a, a hard time looking at some of the stuff that's coming up and maybe appreciating it a little bit. Yeah, Because it is, I mean, I imagine it's scary. You've, I, I get it. You know, you've worked really hard and 
secured, you know, your clientele and, and, you know, you've hustled and gritted it out for so long that, you know, new people coming on the scene, if they're advancing quicker than you advanced early on, so you know, you feel upset about it per se, but really like, it's a completely different time, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you should just be stoked for them and maybe try to help them out or something. Yeah, yeah and, for and, sure. And join forces and, and, you know, I don't know, if you feel like people in tattooing are, like, not taking, like, the culture or something and doing it properly, yeah. like, maybe reach out and try to help somebody instead of just, like, yeah. crapping on people. That happens totally a lot agree. in art and graffiti all the time. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. Graffiti. It's kind of cool. Like, I really love graffiti and, like, mural artists and street art and, like, these two countercultures because they're so intertwined like tattooing and tattooing is not a in the art world it is at the bottom graffiti in the art world is at the bottom like we really are at the bottom like we're mm. just now seeing like uh validation for like our works and like people are like coming more forward you know with like famous and whether it's like whether i want to admit it or not and whether you want to admit it or not like people like uh, Ami James at Miami Inc or Kat Von D or these like big wigs or whatever like they put modern tattooing into society like they really did and like people like Banksy and uh like who are some other ones I really like Nichos Nichos is that how you say yeah dude he kills he's like, so good people like that were like they're elevating this like mural artist or the street artist or whatever and they start i mean nitros is a start as like a writer like you know doing this stuff and then like elevating it putting it into like you know people's homes and stuff it's super sick yeah that's wild to we, see. you love it or not like you're 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 they're validating it they're putting that on their backs and they're validating uh <laughs> like our counterculture art to the mainstream media which puts money in our pockets and also gets people to like I don't know, man, like think maybe that they could be, be an artist or like, you know, do more creative things. And I think that's great. So. Yeah. Inspiring the next generation is huge, you know, passing stories along or passing influence yeah. along. It's like, I don't know. I go back to like, I had an art teacher in like middle school who he knew I was colorblind, but I could paint like stuff that was not the right colors. Yeah. But if I, if I painted it well, he'd still be like stoked on it. And he'd say, totally. Hey, you know, that looks great. Like, you know, if that's the world you see, I want to see more of it. And like, that's so just having a certain influence like that. Like, did, did you have any early, anybody early on who was like, Dane, like you are really talented, like you're crushing it and, you know, keep, keep working at this art practice and kind of gave you some fuel to be like, Hey, maybe I am good at this. Uh, Bill Eby in uh, high school. He's my art teacher. He was the nicest dude ever. He was so awesome. Like he, constantly was like oh man you can do this like this is great and like was so like inspiring and like to do art and like really helped me out like any of my creative endeavors and uh he's awesome i uh hmm I'm trying to think so in middle school i hated my art teacher and i wanted to quit doing art really? <laughs> I was like, i'm gonna be a lawyer i was like fuck art <laughs> art sucks and then i went to high school and met bill evie it was like holy shit like art is so nice it's so cool it's so relaxing like i forgot how much this was like a part of my soul and I missed it. And I'm and dude from, you know, from literally from freshman year to like now I haven't stopped making like a piece of art, like at least like, like every other week or once a week. And I make a piece of art now for work four or five times a week, every week, every year, all year, except for quarantine and quarantine, I painted like a million things. So yeah. Yeah. That was cool to watch too. I don't, for some of our listeners who maybe don't know, like Dane, 
started using, I think it was your garage space and you, yeah. you, just, you started painting like massive wood panels and canvases and stuff. Yeah. And trying to do aerosol, dude, man, that shit is hard. And I have so much respect for you guys that can do that. Like I literally look at just the, the craftsmanship of writers and doing clean lines and solid fills is is in fucking same and this is from a person that likes to do clean lines and solid fills but on a much smaller scale and i always tell people doing massive paintings like you put your a painting and you put it up against your face and you're looking at it and you're working on something you can't see what the fuck you're doing yeah you only see a small part of it so like the the ability to translate stuff in a large scale is incredible like as yourself doing that is like like just being able to have the wherewithal and the vision to do something large and follow through with it in a good way is, is insane. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. Like when we did the mural fest that you and um, Alyssa. I think Alyssa, yeah, you and Alyssa, like, was that the first thing you guys had ever spray painted before? I think that was our second, maybe set. Yeah, it was our second thing together. She's great. She's a, she was my apprentice at the time. She's a far better tattooer than I am already. So <laughs> she's been tattooing for like a year and a half. And I'm like, yeah, you're better than me. I have nothing to teach you except for like, <laughs> I can teach her like big layouts and stuff, but as far as like tattooing as like a craft, like she's far better than I'll ever be. So crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. But yeah, we, we collabed on that, uh, that like, uh, skeleton brain thing. Uh, it was super fun and it's really cool too. She's really good at like, uh, telling me that I suck and like telling me where to put like, like, she's like, that's all fucked up. That drawing's all messed up. You need to change this or whatever. She's, she's like a really good illustrator. She's a far, far better at illustrating than I am. So I appreciate her insight with that stuff. Yeah. I it thought was it was, fun. it was so cool that you guys were able to do that because I, I just, I was impressed that you come from this tattooing and, and drawing background, but you weren't afraid to dive into using a completely different tool. Like a lot of people, the first mural they do is like this extremely daunting, like high stress kind of experience. Yeah. And I just saw you guys get out there and get after it. And I was like, dude, that is what's up. Like we you guys fun, didn't seem man. afraid, like, oh, you know, maybe what? you were rendering something and there were a few drips, but I mean, you realize, oh, well, I can just cut back or like, yeah. I think you had enough artistic practice in, in just years grinding and drawing that you're like, you know what, it's just another tool. I can, yep. I can contour a line. Yeah. Maybe it takes me longer than I want it to, but totally. I think <laughs> you have enough art practice background that you were able to, to really come up with a great result. I was impressed. Thanks, Appreciate it. Yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, working large scale is so humbling. It's, I mean, people say tattooing is humbling and it is, but like then to take what you said, like what your knowledge or whatever, and to switch mediums is, is definitely difficult. I always tell people like, I am usually like, I just started uh, like 3d sculpting on the iPad, like a couple months ago, just for fun, just to try it out. And I found out that it makes me nauseous. <laughs> so I really? couldn't it. But I wasn't afraid to do it. I was like, I want to make toys. And everybody's like, you're going to do what? And I go, I'm going to make vinyl toys. And they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. Why not? Like, so I figured I'd start doing that. But I think as an artist, like being able to like use other mediums, like I think, I mean, you could probably say this for yourself. Like we just want to make something and it doesn't really matter how we get to the end result as long as we made it and we had a good time. And I'm just, I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm just trying to get a little bit of escape, a little bit of paradise. So every second that I'm usually making something is like another little, whether it be not a great paradise sometimes, you know, when you're making something you fucking hate, yeah. but at least it, like, it's a little bit of like a different reality for like, you know, however long you're working on it. 
Yeah, definitely, man. That there's a sense of like kind of getting lost in your work. That's really, you know, when you're, you're testing new ideas and coming up with new things you've never tried before. And just the process of like mentally trying to figure that out is always like a pretty Zen-like experience. You know, it's like time passes by and you don't even know what you painted, but you're like, that was so fun. You know, I can't wait to try it again. Exactly. And I think, uh, I think a lot of, I try to tell this to everybody because I got a lot of people in my chair when I'm tattooing them. They're always like, oh, I wish I could do art, blah, blah. I'm like, you can do art on the couch. I was like, get a little piece of paper and a ballpoint pen. You can make like literally the most realistic or the most like fun illustration ever. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It's like, as long as you're making something and you're having a good time, you're having a good time, you're relaxing, you're making something with your hands. Like that is so much more self-fulfilling and so much more therapeutic than you uh, scrolling on your phone for fucking two hours on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is when you could be making something and like, you know, uh, medicating your brain with like some like a little bit of oxytocin, uh, serotonin, you know, and it's, it's, it's great. (laughs) We should all do that a little bit every, every other day, you know, just make something like, I think that's why we have so much hard problems with mental illness right now is because of social media and because of people just mindlessly doom scrolling. And then on top of that, being stuck at desk jobs all day where you don't make anything. You're just like filling in some numbers and then you go home and then you watch TV and then you go to bed and you do it over and over and over again, but you haven't actually made anything. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's super <laughs> dark. Can you imagine? Can you imagine doing that lifestyle? Oh, I did, man. It's hard. Yeah. How was I, it? It was terrible. I, yeah, I worked in advertising for a few years and like I I I I've said this on the podcast a few times. I I have tremendous respect for the people who work in the industry who who actually find joy in that type of work. Cause there's some people with their lifestyle that actually fits their goals it. and what they're trying to do. And like, you know, more power to them. I think that's great. But for me, I just felt like I, I, I was designing like Facebook and Instagram ads and stuff for companies that like, I don't really like, I, I'm not excited about per se, which is, you know, exactly. it's whatever it's a job that. and you know, they were paying me good to do it and it was a great opportunity, but when you make like an Instagram ad and then it just goes live on Facebook or Instagram or something like it doesn't feel real. It's just like a JPEG on the internet that like people don't like no one's hyped to see an ad. I mean, maybe if you really, really, really want a product and then you see an ad for it, you're like, Oh, I actually needed that. And then you like impulsively buy that product. Sure. That's maybe the one instance where you're scrolling Instagram and you're like, I'm excited that this ad showed up. But generally speaking, you're like, legitimately annoying people and you're taking like the amount of seconds in their day to just like try to sell them something it just I I didn't have fun doing that and creating from that perspective I like I don't know it just it felt a little creatively limiting for me at some point but no for sure and you weren't excited about it so it was like really hard for you to create like I mean don't get me wrong like you know 10 years of just doing like whatever that walks in the door whatever people want and it wasn't exciting all the time yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a job it's a job i always tell we are craftsmen so like my job is to do what people want but it is like to get to that point or be able to like show some but you you were you with those kind of jobs those kind of creative fields or whatever your hands are a lot more bound mm. at least with i guess at least even tattooing starting off tattooing i was able to at least like yo this is what you wanted but I also drew this other thing when you didn't tell me to draw and it's extra and it's just like a little different than what you were thinking. 
So do you want this that's different and cool and unique, or do you want the same thing that you wanted to get? You know, like you wanted to, you wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I gave you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with bacon on rye bread with a bunch of other random shit that you thought you didn't want and then you're like that looks more appealing and then you get to get you get to give them the crazy sandwich when they wanted the really boring sandwich that's a good analogy actually but you can't but uh you you can't uh some with creative jobs and like and super uh corporate jobs like that there is no option you only produce pb and j's if you fucking go crazy, they're like, where did you, we're not paying you for the crazy. Yeah, and I would go crazy. I would design yeah. some stuff with like some weird hyper futuristic graffiti influence. They're like, they're like, dude, <laughs> why are you doing this? Like we didn't ask for this. So in a way, like I just, yeah, I'm not the type of guy for that position. And I, yeah. you know, it was kind of a hard pill to swallow, but um, you know, there's someone else who could be in that role who could fulfill that role better for the company mm-hmm. than myself. So it was, it was hard to accept that, but it was also very freeing to realize like, Hey, I'm, I'm really passionate about these ideas because I'm passionate about them. And I don't think a company is going to really get behind that per se, unless, unless they're seeking out something that is like that. Right. Exactly. And you're, you're absolutely right too, because like with company mindset, if you think about that too, they're like looking at checks and balances. So they're like, we have this fucking off the wall, dude, making extra shit right now we ain't paying for it. Right. (laughs) And they're like, and then eventually, you know, you get, you get your PB and J sandwich extraordinary turned down so many times that you're tired of making your crazy PB and J and then you just start making the regular one. And they're like, hell yeah, we, we whittled them down, but it's like, it's to put creatives and jobs like that. You're going to have pushback, man. Like you're going (laughs) to, you're going to have pushback. And I feel like my PB and J sandwiches were just like really, they were like dollar store ingredient PBJ sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't yeah, excited yeah. to make the sandwich you with were like, good hey. peanut butter and good exactly. good jam. I was just like, I, all right, let's go to the dollar store and get like terrible white bread from like that's what Aldi they wanted. or something. But it's what they wanted, you know. And they wanted time, something a little bit more polished. I feel like they wanted some, <laughs> some jiff or maybe some. You're like, just over it. You're like, this is what you get. Yeah, you know, this bread was bit. on the floor for like four weeks, but it looks pretty good. I, I cut all the mold off, so you're welcome. Like, yeah, I I. I definitely feel like I could have probably done better at that position. No, I mean, at least you're, at least you're cool. Like knowing that though, like shit, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many, ta- I mean, I hate to say it, but I can't tell you how many tattoos I've done where I'm like, what do you want? And they go this, I'm like, good lord, fucking, <laughs> let's do it, man. You probably see these memes all the time on the internet. Like, oh, you want a rose, compass, pocket watch, wolf, lion, or whatever. Like, yeah, of course you do. Totally got it. I did a lion every single week, four times a week for five years. Yeah, like a realistic one. I could do a realistic lion like this big in like two hours. Like, what, What's the reason that people want a lion? Like what? Just I don't know, for dude, strength or some tough, sort of... Man, it's fucking tough, bro. <laughs> I get, yeah, I guess. Well, and I think also too, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to reconnect something that you said earlier sure. on. So what you were saying, people see art all the time, right? And they could give a shit less because it doesn't matter because it's already been done, right? They're just like, oh, cool. Flip, flip right? Okay. Yep. There's a reason why. The most reason why, and you know this as an artist, is because they don't have any memories or anything that they can, uh, they can attach themselves to. And it isn't widely, widely accepted. So it's already feared. So it's feared because it's not widely accepted because it's different. Hmm. That's always been the case with society. If anything's different, it's usually feared or it's like, 
I don't know about that. Like it's uncomfortable. So it's mm. uncomfortable. And then the second thing is they don't have any memories with the item. So that's where pop culture comes in. People love pop culture all the time. Pop culture is great. They can attach themselves to it. If you put a picture of Bender or Rick and Morty on a mural or on a building, people love that shit. Hey, that's Rick and Morty. Nine you know, times they identify with because they have a memory. They're like, right. oh, I remember that time I got really high and I watched Rick and Morty and it was so sick and I ate this weird PB&J that Nick gave me. <laughs> 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 but like people need that. So they have to have something that connects them to it. So that's where the lion comes in, where a lion rose compass. They've seen a, that, that, that widely, there's like a million photos of just like on the internet of like kind of buff, good looking dudes with like a realistic lion and a pocket watch and a rose. And they don't want to be, they don't want that tattoo. What they want to do is they want to be that guy. They want to be the hot guy <laughs> with the realistic tattoo on them. That's like really beautiful and edgy and like widely accepted and widely liked by moms, girlfriends, boyfriends, whoever. So they love that. So the they, they want to be that guy and they want, that's the memory they have. They're like, I'm going to be the guy. And, and in, in two early 2000, like not too early, like 2010, there was this picture of this really jacked dude with this fucking tribal it wasn't even real it was like all the way from his shoulder to his wrist and it was on the internet everywhere and i got that image every single week for years <laughs> and it was just because they wanted to be a big jacked dude and i get it like i want to be a, actually i really don't but <laughs> like they wanted to be a jacked hot dude and that dude was hot and he was jacked so <laughs> i mean that's what they they were more unhappy with themselves as a whole than as like a sticker they wanted to put on their body. So, and also by the way, for society and for anybody listening, you can't be that jacked dude unless you have that exact arm. You can't have that tattooed unless you have that exact arm. So you already gotta be the hot dude before you get to be the hot dude tattooed dude. So me as a kind of a skinny, skinny dude isn't ever gonna look that cool, so. Hilarious. I wanted to, to touch on something here like, so the only parallel I can draw is in graffiti right now, there's this super prevalent kind of avant-garde style movement that's happening called anti-style. Oh, and it's cool. basically people who are painting graffiti, but they're trying to paint graffiti with none of the rules, like none of the standard practices of like, okay, here's the structure of the letter. I'm going to color it in, then I'm going to outline it, then I'm going to do 3D, and then I'm going to put a bubble background. Like Those are kind of the standard template of graffiti lettering rules or whatever. These people are like painting terrible color schemes on purpose. Like they're Some of it, from my perspective, isn't really the most beautiful stuff in the world, but yeah. I have tremendous respect for the fact that they really don't care about what the I, final product is. I and, love it. You know, aesthetically speaking, I... I'm not going to get stoked on it per se, but you know, I know they're probably having a blast doing it. And so for that reason, I have respect for it, but totally. um, I was wondering in tattooing, is there some sort of movement that's kind of similar to that? Where like, I I've seen a couple like Instagram profiles of people who like, it's just black ink and it's just like, they'll tattoo like, Yep. I'm, I'm struggling to kind of articulate what it is, but it's like basically your whole body will be covered with just black line work that's like really minimal. And mm -hmm. the tattoos are completely unrelated, unconnected. They're not like I can tell like your tattoos are extremely thought out, extremely considered and like 
the composition is as such that, you know, you've crafted it, you've drawn Art it in appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And, and there's this new wave that maybe seems like, and I could be wrong. I'm just kind of speculating here, but it, it almost seems like sticking pokey or like, no, you're right. There's I don't know. The, what, what's your, what's your perspective on some of that? Uh, I'm 50, 50. I'll give you the reason why I like when people I'm really big on form and body. So you're using a wall, right? For your medium. And you are, when you're looking at the wall, you're not thinking, I'm just going to put a sticker on it. You're like you, especially, I really appreciate this when you're doing buildings you're like thinking the points you're like, okay, the corners of this is going to line up with this and it's going to link with this. And it's going to be this whole thing. And you're using the whole, the whole building because you're, because you're doing an art on that medium. Right. So there's two mediums. It's the graffiti and it's the building. So you're using the building as a medium, which you should be using. So me as a tattooer, I'm using an arm. I should use the arm because I should, I should design something to fit the arm. Because why would I do it on an arm then? I could just do it on a piece of paper. Like the arm doesn't need to exist. So I'm just going to ignore all of it. So there is a meet, there is a new, there's two, there's two or three movements right now. One is shitty tattoos are good. (laughs) And I say shitty by, I mean, people literally hand poking crudely, like, uh, what is it called? It's, it's basically, I think it's called anti-tattoo. I think it's the yeah. same kind of thing, but it's like it's probably it's like, parallel with the yeah, it's it's like, terribly drawn, like little kid drawing shaky lines, shaky lines that were either hand poked in by a novice or it's supposed like tried to be novice. And there's a guy, I think his name's Otto Christ or whatever on Instagram. He's got like a billion followers or some shit and charges like crazy amounts of money, but he does tattoos that are like, I mean, they're terrible. They're like literally awful, but from a craft perspective, from a craft perspective, from an art perspective, from a, from a viewer perspective, from a client perspective, they're awful. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. I don't mind that he's doing it because people are getting it. And they're like, obviously giving consent to the artist to do that. And that's what they want. They want like a hokey, stupid drawing. Like I uh, even seen Porus Walker, a mm-hmm. guy that does like, they're crudely drawn, like drawings that are like kind of, they're kind of adolescent looking but they're funny as fuck. They're just like hilarious. Like I like that stuff. Like if it's funny and it serves a purpose and it makes me feel something, I'm like totally about it. And I'm cool with it. There's another movement where people are becoming more abstract or more like formalist in thinking where they're using like the body as like a whole canvas, but they're, it's, the, it's just like lines or it's like figures or shapes, or there was that crazy german dudes or whatever uh nationality they were that were like blacking people's faces out and it was like the brutal black project they were literally seeing how much pain they could cause an individual and that was like their it was like an art performance slash tattooing slash like therapy for uh masochists i guess and they're definitely sadists so sounds like a fun time <laughs> yeah and like if you watch it if you, you can look it up on youtube it's fucking insane oh, but it's these two dudes that are literally Ouch. like their whole goal is to like hurt their client as much as possible. And their client is super for it. So that's weird. I don't want to get into that because that also seems like a weird bedside manner that I'd have to have with my client. Like I already do hurt my client all the time. And I think it's hilarious because I'm a jerk, but, <laughs> I, but a lot of my clients are like, they're, uh, they're uh, what's that called repeated clients. And I have a like good, good rapport with them. We have good, like mutual trust and it's fine. And I can be kind of catty back and forth. Like, yo, you're going to make it, man. You're kind of being a little bitch right now. <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that. Just teasing and, them. Uh, yeah, because, you know, there's a mutual respect for it. But yeah, there's there's that weird movement. 
uh, I like the weird abstract sort of just like doing like shapes and like figures. There's an artist out of uh, San Diego, California named Fibs on Instagram, but his work is he's doing like traditional Japanese uh, like subjects, but he is elongating them and using only parts of them. And like, it'll be like a whole arm from like this part. It'll just be like peony flowers. And then it'll like stop and turn into something else, like just like some like weird lines and some shapes, but he's using the whole body and contouring with it. So he's using the other medium, which is the body. And then he's using his stuff on top of it and he's hand drawing it on. So it fits. I think that's fantastic. I like when people are using like the other mediums, it, the whole anti tattoo style. Some of it's not for me, but again, it wasn't for me in the first place, you know? So it was for other people and I'm totally okay with that. There's like, like Pete Davidson's like covered in like garbage tattoos. Yeah, that's that's the prime example for sure. <sighs> and he's really popular right now. So everybody yeah. knows about him. So he's covered in a lot of anti-tattoos, like anti-style tattoos. The guy from Diane Word, uh, he's covered in like prison looking anti-tattoos. And there's actually a guy in Cape Town, uh, South Africa, that one of my buddies, Shane, used to work at his shop. It was like Sins of Styles, who does his tattoos. And he does them bad on purpose to look Crazy. like prison he's not from prison he didn't get them in prison he it just looks hard yeah yeah he's not he's not even like actually that character like it's actually like a character he made it's kind of like riffraff yeah yeah that's what my friend shane who lives in africa says that diane really ward, so he's diane, like a regular dude and that's like the person yeah, yeah yeah diane word is basically south africa's riffraff yeah that may, that yep that makes <laughs> so, a lot of yeah. sense but dude, did are, you see him in chappie that movie yeah dude it that was, movie got really bad reviews, but I actually it was cool enjoyed it. though. I don't yeah. care. It was cool. The aesthetic was cool. The aesthetic 100%. was cool. And you, you as an artist, you're watching this and you're like, this is kind of edgy. This is kind of cool. And it, it was, it made you feel something. And it's like, I like when I look at stuff. And Chappie especially had a lot of like street artist influence. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, their whole their whole aesthetic is really street art. And I really, I really like it because it's something you don't see every day it makes you feel a certain way and it's something different. So as long as the art is done in a way that they're having a good time and it's not just like being destructive for destructive sake, I'm super part of it. Like, yeah. Especially with tattooing. Oh my God, dude, you can hurt some people. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. There's a lot of that in like graffiti these days too, where it's just like people just out kind of destroying stuff to destroy stuff, which oddly enough is truly maybe one of the purest forms of graffiti <laughs> like if, totally. no, if you really look right. up the definition of graffiti like they're legitimately vandalism. Being vandals yeah vandalism, like, dude. in in a way you kind of have to respect it respect the hustle you know maybe it's not for me per se but um yeah definitely takes guts to in, in gusto to try to do that i like but, it when it's like in a really hard spot hmm. like i don't like it when it's like if they're doing like a tag or whatever and it's like yo dude you just fucking just did like a real quick like a uh, write-up like jam or whatever and it was like something really easy and i'm like who fucking cares like if you're gonna go and do graffiti or go like big or whatever like do it somewhere really hard <laughs> do it somewhere that's like oh shit wow you did like the chase building or you know something like good luck like yeah right yeah good luck yeah if you hey if you repel down the chase building you know and you fucking you mark that shit up Hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> I think dude, that's insight. Plus my corporates. <laughs> it's funny you bring the Chase building up because I had a buddy who I went to art school with and I actually recently told this story on another podcast. So I'll keep it pretty brief, but yeah, go for it. long story short, him and 
his other buddy Dawson are like urban explorer dudes mm-hmm. who like they go on rooftops of buildings and check oh, out abandoned it. buildings and stuff. And they found like this inventory list. I, I think this is how the story goes. They found like some list that these urban explorers from like the early 2000s that are like in their 40s now who used to urban mm-hmm. explore stuff. Mm-hmm. There was like a database that had like how to's to get onto these buildings and like, okay, there's a ladder on the fifth floor. That's if you so walk sick. up that, there's a lock to pick on door number seven. So you go in that and then eventually you'll get to the rooftop. And so like they found this database and eventually found out that these guys in the early 2000s actually got on top of the chase tower. And so, so sick. in probably, I think it was maybe 20, 2014 or 2015 Dawson and him actually got on top of the chase tower and like (laughs) Dawson has a picture sitting on the chase logo that's so sick (laughs) and like he posted on Instagram with the caption sup indie (laughs) dude and there's a lot of people that like that's fucked up man blah blah I'm like dude they're just having you know what it's super dangerous it's an insurance nightmare a hundred percent dangerous it's terrible you need to know you need to know your climbing ability and you need to know your balance and you need to know, like, you know, what you're about, like, to do that, like, uh, but I mean, it's still, man, it's really tight, dude, we got one life to live, we got one meat suit, like, one space mm-hmm. meat suit, that's just literally just a bag of meat with water and electricity falling through it, we might as well make the most of it, and at least do our life as much as we can, because, like, we only have one of them, as far as we know, so it's, like, I think I should tight. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> you get away how, with it. Tight, hell yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I think they ended up having some legal issues down the road. I think one of them it on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it ended up making the news, and like it was in the newspaper, and like oh, oh I think God. one of them ended up. He rooftop some like seventy story building in Chicago and got arrested or something. So like they've had to tamper their passions of rooftoping yeah. skyscrapers. At least, at least don't. You know, it, do it and don't post it. Just, you know, you don't have to have evidence that you did it. Your evidence- yeah, but at the same time, like, they're beautiful photographs. Like, Oh, sick. From, a, from a perspective of, like, the art and being able to share it with people is something that almost makes it worthwhile so that they can see the photo and they can kind of relive that experience and That's share it with other point. people. You know what? I never really thought of that. That's a really good point because then you're inspiring other people, like, hey, you know, like maybe there isn't as many limits as I think there is. Yeah, just to show people that something as crazy as that is even possible. Because, I mean, anymore, it just kind of seems like, you know, here's all the rules you must follow. I mean, granted, to live in a society, like there are rules that should be followed. You can't go around <laughs> killing people and terrorizing people. Yeah. Or, you know, but I mean, it didn't hurt anybody. People. They didn't hurt anybody. Their whole yeah. thing, I mean, they're, I understand the other side of the point of view view as far as like insurance liability security and like security and yeah. like also showing other people that yo another person got on the chase tower today oh we're gonna go scrum them up you know it's just some guy goes out there with a big hook and he's like i got you man don't no, no, stop <laughs> around just like ripped you out of it but uh yeah it, i'm like i'm like split on that because like i know a, i'm like a try i'm like i have like own like three businesses and i'm like Oh man, like hold on real quick. Like, yeah, super dangerous, so super risky. Sick. Like it's so it's and I climb like uh yeah, you've been climbing boulders. Yeah, yeah. North I climb Mass, like right? a lot now for like the last like five months. I've been climbing. How's that been? Awesome. Three to five times a week. Uh go climbing. It's so fun. Uh it's definitely really humbling as well. And it has nothing to do with art or sitting. So I yeah. really how did you how do you feel about getting into that? I mean, 
you've been on the art grind for so long. Have you had other things non-art related for a while that you've been into? Or is this uh, kind of one of the first that is completely void of art to a certain extent? I was into cycling for a little bit. Uh, I think it's really important as artists to, especially as creatives, we're so in our little head all the time and we're not very active. We sit a lot, uh, except for uh, writers and muralists or whatever. You guys are fucking active as fuck. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of com- sitting on a computer though too. There is too, yeah. So, but uh, it's uh, it's fun to do something that isn't drawing and it isn't isn't sitting. So I really enjoy that, and that's why I got into it. My uh, ex April, she was like, "Hey, I'm been bouldering, my friend. This is like four years ago, and she's like, oh, we should we should try it or whatever.'" And I was like, "Oh, this is really fun." And I never really put the energy into it as much as I should because it was at Hoosier Heights, and it was like, you know, forty minutes away, and I was like, "That's like a big trek," and it was closed at like. I think they closed at 10 or nine on at the time. And I was like, Oh, that's a lot. So uh, recently North mass opened up and my friend uh, Bart posted a picture of it on the internet, which inspired me. Cause I was like, Oh wait, that's, that's like five minutes from my house. So I went there and I started bouldering again and using my uh, bowling shoes. I already had, I already had a chalk bag. And I was like, nice. this is awesome. Like this is so much the place fun. is nuts. It's yeah, it is. It's really nuts. And honestly, like I've been to a lot of bouldering gyms now because I travel around a lot for tattooing and it's probably the nicest bouldering gym in the Midwest. Wow. Like, I probably fight people on that. Like it's really nice. Like it's That's awesome. Shout out uh, Zach and Elliot, the two dudes that put that on. They did, uh, they did a great job with that building for sure. So sick. Like, and they had that giant mural in the front. Yeah. I was actually supposed to paint a mural on the outside of that building with like really oh, cool abstract so shapes. Cool. Yeah, but I guess the building is in some historic classification, so they have to wait a certain oh, amount of yeah. years before they can do stuff like that. Dude, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that in Indianapolis, zoning. Oh, dude. my God, yeah. A lot of red we, tape. We know all about the zoning and stuff. God, just to put up a, a two-foot by eight-foot sign on my front building was like two and a half months, historical society, encroachment permit, because they put the cultural trail on our building line. Mm. And then uh, they built like a building permit. So it was three different types of permits just to put up a eight foot by two foot sign. And it was 10 feet in the air and it isn't fucking with anybody. And then they put a bus stop in front of my shop. So then all the signage that I got permits for was just like, poof. thanks, Indy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Dang. You owe me $2,000. That's savage. <laughs> yeah, right that's crazy but, man but yeah it's uh i think definitely as artists we should probably just trying to like pursue like uh just something that is a little bit more again a different medium different completely something different like i like doing something different i think it's super fun so it was a uh, it was a good time definitely man yeah so it was uh, it was super fun so when you first started kind of tattooing were you at that uh ink therapy is that what it's called or what was the no uh i was at a a shop first off called uh art alliance it was in beach grove and then uh i (sighs) went from there apprenticed under a guy named ryan derringer to start off with and uh after like two three months of apprenticing i was like competing he said against like eight other apprentices Hmm. and i don't know if that was actually true i never saw like a lot of them so anyway i uh was like okay cool uh so i worked there for a little bit and then everybody left my mentor because they i guess for artistic reasons they didn't like him Mm -hmm. i'm not going to sit here and talk ill about tattooers i don't 
I don't have a part of that. I'm also own a supply company, so I can't, I don't want to do that anyway. Yeah. It probably <laughs> gets very drama filled. Please buy for me. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the graffiti art scene oh. was like full of drama. Dude, you it's high school. Who, oh, I can't believe they fucking tagged on me or whatever. Their, their piece went into mine. Anyway, but yeah, so I left uh, there eventually after a year because everybody left him after a year working there i left and worked with an old coworker for like three months at like a private studio in new palestine and it was like hey i grew up there really oh dude, yeah we're in new palestine book. uh it was across the street from that like uh that diner that had the milkshakes what was that called frosty boy frosty boy that place yeah so that dude, was crazy, crazy. yeah that shit was good man i really i actually got a lot of milkshakes in there so frosty boy's bomb so i did that and I was like, okay, this is like kind of quiet. And it was, I really like social interaction with other artists. I think that's really important for other art to grow and artists to grow in general is to have interaction, or at least for me is my journey. Yep. In art. And it helps me out. So I uh, agreed. My old coworker, Miles, hit me up and he's like, hey, would you be interested in uh, working at uh, Fountain Square Artistic Skin Designs? It's going to open up. And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And I was like, uh, okay, cool. So I ended up working there and it was pretty tight, but it was kind of a bummer because when it first opened, I was the only one there. And then another guy worked there, uh, Jeff Downey for like a couple of days. So it was like, I would work four days there and he'd work three days there and we would just split. So I was still alone. And I was like, oh man, crap. <laughs> so I was alone. And then my buddy, uh, Nick McNulty hit me up and said, hey, do you want to work at Ink Therapy? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, and it was with a bunch of my friends who are, are, are great artists and they were super uh, inspiring. And I went to work there and started like working there and it was really awesome. And it was a good time. And I met a lot of friends and met a lot of connections. And uh, eventually I uh, wanted to move closer to Indy and uh, have a little bit more freedom. Uh, so I left there with a couple of my other friends in the shop and uh, went back to Fountain Square Artistic. And then we worked there and it was super awesome. And then the building uh, was up for uh, lease or whatever, because Linton was selling it. I don't know if you're familiar with Fountain Square as far as like the who owns what. <laughs> yeah, a lot it's, I've heard it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's usually just, it's really just like four people that own everything. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my friend is one of them. So it's kind of cool. So uh, Barry was like, oh yeah, our lease is up. What are you guys going to do? And I was like, oh, we're going to probably open up a shop you know like obviously like the shit's over and he's like oh well you know if you want to come work for me again or whatever i'll i'm buying this building and i was like oh okay cool so we ended Sweet. up going over there and hanging out and started our uh fountain square tattoo super nice i've been there ever since uh i love it it's great uh it's been open since 2017 uh two and a half months shut down for lockdown obviously but yeah we've been working ever since i work with six other people now uh, a couple pans of like a couple people come and go or whatever but everybody that's worked at the shop has basically remained friends like it hasn't been like any ill will you know i always try to try to preface that as much as possible especially when people start working in the shop i'm like hey if you have a problem or you're upset please say something don't bottle it up <laughs> like if you bottle it up it's gonna be worse so just say it when you got it and it's way easier so but yeah, so that has been working there ever since. I worked at Fountain Square or uh, Tattoo. I'm basically like the unofficial manager. So I basically just have to like deal with uh, all that stuff. So I just basically like try to like keep the peace and make sure that, you know, there's like, you know, paper towels and stuff. <laughs> I bet that's something you never thought you'd have to do. 
You know, you uh, thought you'd just be art probably the whole time. And now you're like, oh, paper towels. We have to make sure. Uh, we, well, we have. I mean, I started a, a tattoo supply company, uh, international tattoo supply company, like three years ago called Cream Tattoo Supply. That is something I thought I would never do. Yeah. And that is the biggest, honestly, one of the biggest time consumers of my life as far as really. Like, yeah. Because I'm an importer exporter through China and I'm also... Uh, dealing with like products and like branding and stuff which is super fun as a as a, as an artist like coming up with brands and stuff like uh like I call it it's called cream tattoo supply and I made a little logo and it's like a little cat with like a drippy face and it's really cute and that was super fun and uh our my buddy from Shane from South Africa him and his uh, girlfriend Kirsten like they run like a South Africa division and she does most of the branding and graphics now because she's way better at it than I am <laughs> so but it was been really fun. So doing that, but distributing through the world for tattoo supplies has been a, a lot. So we'll like get stuff from factories and make modifications and change it and make sure that it's like more geared towards tattooers and like, you know, actual tattooers. It's not a corporate owned tattoo company. Like a lot of them are where they're just like, oh, this new product. Like, I'm sure you've got a lot of street art products. You're like, no one's ever going to use that. Like, why does that exist? This exists and it's better. And it's like, you're just trying to sell a snake oil right now. So, and it's like, did you even test that before you did it? Like in a lot of those, I'm sure a lot of the street artists and a lot of the tattooing uh, community itself is also like, yo, dude, did you even test that project? Like when they're like, no, I don't tattoo or I don't do art. And it's like, quit trying to sell me something I'm not going to fucking use. <laughs> right. So I started as a supply company and I have three employees now uh and uh i have employees that are on payroll that are salaried and w2'd and uh that's a hell so yeah, dude look at you that's crazy yeah, yeah it's real fun who would have thought right who would have thought in this economy come on look at us <laughs> come on huh <laughs> that's crazy Ooh. man yeah it's a lot it's a lot it really is but it's fun it's a new avenue uh, it's really stressful, but <laughs> you stay busy. How do you have the time? Like, how do you have the time to do these wall canvas things and, and tattoo designs and stuff? Uh, I mean, do you, do you turn it off ever? No, no, I am single and I have zero animals and I live alone. There you <laughs> that go. is yeah, how you I do it. it. Yep, <laughs> no that one, explains no a lot. To tell me no. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. And I, I take care of my, uh, my parents, like I said, my grandparents are raising me, but they're like elderly now and they're not in the best health. Uh, my dad has Alzheimer's and dementia and my mom has Alzheimer's and dementia now too. So I also have to like, I'm the POA of my dad. So I also have to like do legal paperwork and like kind of look after him and stuff. And that's a big headache. And it's like three hours North for me too. But other than that, like those two people or whatever other than that i don't have like a lot of other things going on so i'm able to like focus on like my coworkers, my employees my friends and then also uh, a rigorous sleep schedule at 11 every day and i wake up at nine every morning and it has to be that way or else and then also like getting out there and being more physically active kind of helps relieve some of the stress that you might experience so that's awesome man I mean, tremendous shout out to you and all you've been able to accomplish, man. It's every time I see your your red van driving around or something, I'm like, dude. I got two of them now. Have you seen the other one? I don't think I have. Wait, there's is it wrapped in no, like a design? The one that's covered in fucking graffiti, like tags, like, like it is insane looking. I don't like, think I've it, seen that one. You'll have to send me a picture. I'll send you a picture of it. It is, 
it looks like it looks like a straight up like uh, a van from like a the chappy movie <laughs> no it like verbatim that yeah yeah verbatim that's that. sick it, it's awesome yeah it, it was cool because uh me and my buddy uh jet uh he goes by jumbo jet he's a writer uh and we did the van together and i was like oh man this thing like looks kind of crazy we kind of fucked it up i was like whatever but then I, I, my, my employee, uh, Chad Z, I was like, Hey, you got an awesome route. I was like, I gave him, uh, some bombing pens, some, uh, what are those called? Mops. I gave him mops, like, yeah. mops. and I was like, Hey, I was like, just give them out to artists and they can tag the van. It could be like a, a project and it's taken off. It's awesome. It's so cool looking. And a lot of tattooers are writers or muralists mm-hmm. or just painters or creatives in general. So it has become like, the craziest looking thing ever and i love it i think it's an art class chalkboard yeah yeah it's an art class chalkboard but it moves around and it travels from louisville to indianapolis so that's sick enjoy that i mean i know you were on ink master the tv show right yeah sure it was it was on ink master yeah that was a that was a lot uh (laughs) i can imagine i figured that's probably a topic for a different day yeah yeah i i think it's gets taken away uh I guess I've been lucky and I've had a pretty eventful life. So that's been pretty nice. So dude, what more could you ask for? Exactly. For and likewise, good, good luck with all your endeavors. I love seeing pieces that you throw up. So I'm excited to see more of your stuff around indie. And Thanks, uh, once I own uh, the building, hopefully uh, I'll commission you to do, a, do, do the building. So that'd be sick. Gladly. We'll have to Just collaborate. Gotta get through the fucking f- fountain square tattoo. Uh, <laughs> Not Fountain Square Tattoo, the uh, Fountain Square Historical Society. Right, you know, like, right. This is what it's going to look like. I know it reaches more than 80% of the front-facing facade, but is it okay? <laughs> here's the color mock-ups. Here's the hue code. Is this okay? Yeah, here's the Sherwin-Williams paint swatches. Exactly. Dude, no and fucking joke. That's codes. That's your life. That's what people don't think about when they're doing art. I'm like, that's a lot of back stuff that you don't get to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. The red tape, the administrative tasks, emails, and things like that dollars and permits (laughs) yeah that's like the biggest thing for doing this podcast is just to kind of talk about the fact that it's not just what instagram shows where oh you know i paint a mural all the time and it's all rosy and sunshiny it's like dude like with your experience like well the dude there's childhood trauma involved there's like yeah Yeah, sleepless nights having to create doing Um, scuffed hours and hours of sleeves and stuff like i have to do some weeks i have like five sleeves to draw and that's like an hour to two hours minimum per sleeve outside of work that i'm not paid for crazy i hope the person likes it Mm. i have the luxury now of because of having like years of doing it that people trust me now yeah so i'm very appreciative of those clients and people that trust me with their work Dude, it's but the best thing ever when you that, do something and they're just like yeah that you're like thank god <laughs> you know you're like no <sighs> more hours of just bullshit yeah, yeah you're yeah. like please like this like i'm crazy i send my clients drawings three days in advance tattooers think i'm insane for that but i'm like dude if you want to change it you're gonna be wearing it for the rest of your life like i can at least give you three days to like kind of think about it and if you at don't least. like it if I, you don't like it i don't want you to come in and then me be like weird and be like are you gonna all get mad yeah can you get this because my hands i don't want to do with my hands like <laughs> yeah 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 i respect that for sure yeah it was uh i think we uh as artists we everybody does have an ego as far as like what they feel like they're owed or they feel like they're part of or whatever but what it does come down to it we are operating in a little gray area where we have to understand that we are doing things for other people yep. especially me as a tattooer like altering someone's body like I'm, we're doing something for other people and you 
doing something where every, you're going to have millions and millions of people looking at this building all day. Like in one week, you could have a million people look at it. I don't know about Indianapolis, but <laughs> probably not Indianapolis. Maybe a few thousand. thousand in Indianapolis, yeah. but but still a but lot. Still, of people it's a lot of people. At. It's a lot of people. So it's uh, we do have a little bit of like a responsibility as far as like when we're making art for the public and being a paid artist that we are dealing with clients and we are dealing with stuff like that. So there is a little bit of a headache, but it does get easier over time. So mm -hmm. I would say that to anybody, any creative getting in the job, it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of you working and not being paid and a lot of frustrations, but you know, there's a, if you can find mentors or you can find people that you can bounce off of as far as like the business aspects go, that helps out. And then just like, again, like, trying to just meet somewhere in the middle so that way both client and artists are happy and then you don't want to pull your hair out right, so right. yeah definitely yeah. dude that's super well said you know the creative journey is always a journey it's not you know an end goal of hey i've arrived <laughs> yeah you're not the andy warhol where you just right. do whatever you want and people are like oh my god that's so amazing oh how am i god and they're like well thank you mr million dollar man can i have some of your money and they're like oh yes i am the monopoly man and they just hand you a giant suitcase of cash and then you walk out and then you get yeah. to the private island doing little stick figures and people pay you for that yeah that's not like <laughs> yeah art gets crazy dude it gets crazy <laughs> real fast yeah, it does. And you know, who's, who's the most like wealthy tattooist, tattoo artist like right now, or most famous, uh, well known? Or for their endeavors? Uh, I don't know, both. Uh, I would think Kat Von D is. Her makeup line is insane. Yeah. I think she makes like, I think it's like. Dude, you know, she five. bought a house in Indiana? Yeah, she did. I heard that. Dude, everybody literally was talking about it. Yo, that, that house like, is dope. I actually drove through Vive like a year ago before she ever bought the house. My girlfriend and I were just driving to random towns in indiana dude it's like have you been to vive before oh uh, dude it's like this tiny little town along the ohio river that's and so um like there's this main road in the town that drives right back and her house is like at the end of this main road in town crazy. up on a hill it's literally like the governor's house kind of thing <laughs> yeah but if the governor was like dracula like <laughs> the house is like i heard super it was like haunted or something right oh i don't know maybe i love that i think it's, it's a I mean, cool house dude tattooers are spooky people so it, it makes sense that they want to do that i i think it's awesome but yeah she's probably the most i'd say she's probably the most successful uh nico hurtado of black anchor my friend carlos rojas works at black anchor and uh hesperia california they're both amazing artists i don't know nico personally but i know carlos personally uh but it's like people like that, like, you know, Nico has come out like stencil, like stencil solution and things like that. Uh, Troy Temple, who owns Dylan Arts, uh, which is like, I think there's 13 conventions a year and he's always putting them on. And he is then he's so gracious with a lot of his uh, tattooers that he had invites to the conventions and he's very successful. You know, I mean, you can easily be a millionaire tattooing or just any business or whatever, but it's like, it just takes a lot of work sure, <laughs> and I'm you sure. gotta you gotta you you gotta diversify your bonds like <laughs> that shit that shit is real like people say that all the time but it's like if you want to be in one avenue you can go to a certain point like you can make like i think bang bang makes probably like you know a million or two million dollars or three million dollars tattooing but he owns a tattoo shop so and he also does like webinars and weird stuff like that so it's like you can get to a certain point or whatever, but if you want to go past that point, you have to like diversify to do other things. So you can like culminate into a bigger thing. Like I own a tattoo supply company, hopefully to own a full shop. 
and I tattoo for a living. So I also do murals and graphics and stickers and stuff for my friends. I don't do that and commissions. Do not hit me up. I will not design your business card. I do not care. <laughs> also, dude, shout out another Smith doing something prominent, dude. What's up? <laughs> yeah, right. Us oh out here God. with very forgettable last names trying to, oh, trying dude, to make so it in the digital era. <laughs> I, I got lucky with uh, at least having the first name Dane, I guess. So. Yeah, Dane's pretty cool. But yeah, I do. I kind of like it when people say, hey, Mr. Smith. I'm like, <laughs> like it's kind of cute, you know? They go, oh, Mr. S- uh, reservation for Mr. Smith. And do you feel like, do you feel uh, like, like a CIA agent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You feel like, I think it's, I think the matrix did it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I feel like Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith for the the program. Yeah. That dude was scary in that movie for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, dude. He's like when robotic he, almost. I love it. He had the greatest things ever. I mean, honestly, though, even in Lord of the Rings, he was like kind of spooky. Like he was like the high elf. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yo, why are you so, why are you so mean? chill out man you're like a million years old calm down yeah it's wild <laughs> well dude it's been fun um we'll have to get together sometime soon yeah, i love that man. i think oh, yeah. i think my older brother was actually i don't i don't know how he knew who you were or your tattoo work but he was like nick have you heard of dane smith i'm like yeah actually i have he's like oh, i love his tattoo work his stuff is so cool like my brother's not even like that into tattoos i think he has okay. maybe one that's awesome. But he, he brought your name up somehow. I was That's like, yeah, super dude. cool, man. He's, yeah. He's, uh, he's an indie. Yeah, I'm trying, dude. I, I don't know. I hate my stuff. So no, nah, man, it's beautiful, man. You do oh, great man. work. And it, it's cool to see, especially people from indie, like spreading their wings, doing stuff outside of indie too, yeah, while man. also trying to build up indie at the same time. And oh, for you know, sure, man. I think a lot of times when people get indie or whatever, they like when they branch out, they leave or whatever. I love indie. It's awesome. Indie's tight. People, people talk shit about India. I'm like, have you been to other places in the country? Because India's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, India's chill. I like it. it mm-hmm. It's definitely slept on, I feel like. And I don't know, when I hear people that are just, oh, man, Indiana, Indianapolis, man, it just sucks here. Like, I just, I can't wait to leave. It's like, dude. That's you, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's not Indy's, the city. That's you, bro. India's pretty cool. You can actually, like, send an email to people and, like, someone will receive that email. <laughs> Some other yeah, cities, yeah, it's like, it's so it. corporatized to where you can't even reach people, you know? Yeah. And you'll see them later. You're like, oh, hey, we talked. I'm like, I, I talked to you. Hey, what's up? Nice to yeah. meet you, Jackie or whatever your name is. But yeah, it's super fun to do that because a lot of cities like LA or, uh, you know, like New York or whatever, it's, it's totally different. Like it's hard know. to reach people. Yeah. I mean, cause they're dealing with so many people. All, like, I feel like Indy is a good mix between like big city and little city. So mm-hmm. yeah. definitely, man. Well, Dane, keep crushing it, dude. Thank you. Um, likewise. Look forward to speaking again at some point. I'm sure for you've sure. got lots and lots of more stories and, and perspectives. <laughs> yeah, I've got some crazy stories for sure. Oh my god. I'll have to pick your brain on the uh, the cream tattoo supply stuff more. It sounds. Yeah, I'd love to, man. Yeah, it sounds ever... super interesting and also very yeah. complex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... there's a lot, especially with uh, tariffs right now. It's oh man. Big, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just had to ship a painting to Canada and. Canadian customs is charging me 260 bucks just to mm-hmm. ship the painting through there. Yep. So I can only imagine you shipping stuff all around the world. Dude, how how much com- of a headache that must be. Someone complained to me yesterday. They were like, cause you get about 20 orders a day online. And someone, nice. complained, to me, someone complained to me uh, yesterday that the shipping was $24 to ship five boxes to them. And I said, it actually is more money than that. I'm only charging you $24 and I'm so sorry, but that's just how shipping is right now. And then they didn't respond. <laughs> also, uh, just a heads up, we are living on a planet, uh, just FYI, uh, just in case you guys weren't 
aware yeah. uh, and shipping a little thing across a massive planetary body in the solar system is okay. kind of pricey. Sorry to, sorry to tell you. Oh dude, it's so, <laughs> like, I messed up one time shipping some uh, tubes to uh, my friends in New Zealand and I had to ship them another package and it cost me like $280. Oh, dang. I was like, it was like this, it was like this big. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's me being stupid. And I've shipped giant paintings too. And that was like, you know, hundreds of dollars too. So, but then yeah. you look at New Zealand, you're like, oh yeah, they're like basically in the middle of like the ocean. So, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like some little guy in a dinghy has to go out there with your painting. Yeah. And he paid like $40 every two weeks. And he's like, I hope this gets to where it's supposed to be going. And then he yeah. just like throws it on shore and it's like, I can't believe it was all ruined. Right. You're yeah. Like, well, it had Only to take a journey, here. dude. Yeah. Like back in the day, people were putting like messages like dude. attached to a bird. Dude, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, good exactly, luck getting right? this message, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, Twitter was real back then. <laughs> but uh, awesome. I mean, that's a good example too, is like, uh, you know, everybody doesn't realize that everything that you're wearing and everything that's behind you right now and everything that's behind me right now basically came from China nine, nine times out of 10. And it came on a shipping container in the ocean that took two months to get to the united states and then it was distributed through a, a wider company through, through a freight system on freight steel system. rails yeah by, <laughs> by a guy who makes uh 37k a year to live on a boat for a month and a half out of the year away from his family and kids yeah it's crazy and it's like the world's you know, wild my friend check yourself for two seconds and think about especially now with the pandemic think about why they're out of stock what's happening and mm. You know what? It's it's just it is what it is, dude. The pandemic hasn't made it easier. I'll tell you that. So yeah. Oh man, I can only imagine. Well, shoot, Dane. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, dude. We'll, uh, have, we'll day, have to dude. link up sometime soon. Yeah, totally hit me up. Whatever. Yeah, I don't like. I don't have any tattoos. It's not that I am disinterested in getting a tattoo, but even just to like see a few tattoos being done, like I just love to watch that process. Yeah, sometime. totally. If you ever want to hang out, yeah, just hit me up. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't for care. sure. <laughs> Sweet man. Well, enjoy the rest of your what is it? Dude, Saturday. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> enjoy your time off. Maybe do some climbing or something. Who knows? No, I'm on rest day. I'm gonna eat a bunch of. There food. you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Later, man. dude. Peace, dog. Peace.